welcome everybody. I'm Brian, one of the associate pastors. I'm glad that you're here worshiping with us today. And also, I'd just like to welcome our online audience as they are joining in uh, remotely and worshiping with us. And as some of you kind of got a little preview, we're going to talk a little bit about sin and what Paul says about sin. So we're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 through 22. And you can follow along on the screens or with your own Bible as I read the word aloud. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruit of those who have died. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being. For all die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, journey with me and think back to your very first job. Okay? Think back how long ago that was. For some of y'all, it's probably been many moons ago. Okay? High school, middle school, college. But think back to your first job. And then also think about the experience you had working there. Was it a positive one? Was it a negative one? What did you learn about yourself at your first job? Well, let me tell you. I had a couple jobs going through high school. And one of them was a small, short stint in the food service industry. Okay? And God bless those people. That is a hard industry to work in. Whether you're a server, whether you're in the back of the house cooking the food, whether you're cleaning tables, whatever it is, it is a very hard job, plus you're dealing with the public. Any job that deals with the public is challenging, all right? Well, I worked, like I said, a very, very short time at the McAllisters in Madison, like many teenagers in Madison did at the time. And they didn't trust me enough to be in the back of the house making all the sandwiches, because I didn't know how much roast beef and cheese went on a certain thing, and when people start changing the orders up, I just couldn't figure it out. So they put me in the front of the house running food to the table, and that's what I would do. I'd go to the window, the expo person would make sure it's right, I'd run it to the table, I'd get them some refills, and that's what I did. Pretty easy. I didn't even work the register. I just ran food back and forth and cleaned the tables. But I found a way to screw it up, and there was one situation that was pretty bad that's just burned in my memory. And I was coming to a table, it was of course a Sunday, and it's one of your busier days at McAllister's. And so I had a big old tray full of food, everybody's been waiting for their food, it's peak hours. And so here I come, running out to this table with a tray full of food, and there's a small little table right next to me that has a little two-seater table. Took this big old tray, and what did I do? I didn't sit it in the center of the table. I had a good portion of it hanging over the edge of the table. That's still okay unless you start taking food on the side that's anchoring it from flipping over. And so I was not thinking. I was in a rush, and I started pulling the food off of the tray, giving it to this big old table. People have been waiting patiently on a Sunday afternoon, and the nacho basket just flew everywhere when I took off that last little weighted plate, and I just felt so incredibly awful. Now, I spilt their food everywhere, and they were hungry, and they wanted their nacho appetizer. So I had to go back and admit my mistake to the people in the kitchen, get another one, run it back out there. But I was not a very good server. I did other things also, get the wrong tea, get the wrong meal. I was not that great. I lasted six months. That was it. But I did a stint in food service industry, and I learned a lot. But I also learned that's not a job for me because I failed miserably in that job. But today, when you think about it, when we read this passage from Paul, 
We all experience failures. And as Christians, we understand that we are imperfect. We are flawed. And we fail at things in life. We are broken. And a lot of times, we don't want to take a deep look at our failures and brokenness. But in order to understand our faith, we are called to know what sin is what failure and brokenness is, and what it means for us and for humanity, God's creation. We're in the middle of our series. This is the third week in our series called This I Believe, where we will look at some of the foundational pieces of our faith. We started out looking at what it takes to know God, because you've got to know God in order to know what you believe, and that's the relationship you have with Him. Last week, we looked at Made in the Image, What does it mean to be made in the image of God? And we learn that image is love. And it looks differently in each and every one of us. And so today we're going to look at the uncomfortable fact that we all deal with, and that is our failures. Sin and the belief of sin is very foundational to the Christian faith. And so today we're going to dive into this. We're going to look at this and see what Paul is telling us here in this passage. First, I want to look at verse 21. It says, For since death came through a human, for since death came through a human, for as all die in Adam. And so, what is this death? What does it mean that for all die in Adam? What does that mean for us? What is this death? Well, here it is talking about a spiritual death, a spiritual death caused by sin. The image of God that we have is marred, distorted by sin. We looked at that last week. And so we have to understand where did all this start? And many of us know that story. It starts early in Scripture in the third chapter. We call it the fall. It says in Genesis 3, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God say you shall not eat from the tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eye, And that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And then she also gave it to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both were open, and they saw that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made cloths for themselves. And then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Who have you eaten from the tree of which I've commanded you not to eat? And the man said, The woman you gave me to be with gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate it. And then the woman said, The serpent, he tricked me, and I ate it. The first sin, the fall. For there, for all, we die in Adam. And in that moment, the image of God 
was distorted by sin. And we are forever connected to that moment. And so we look at sin today and the various forms of sin and what that means for us. And it's going to be a little uncomfortable, but we have to understand it. From the fall, what we have is called original sin. We are all born with a sinful nature. We come into this world tarnished. The image of God distorted. And if we ignore that fact, if we ignore the fact that we come into this world as sinful creatures, then we ignore the fact and the need of what is to come later to save us from that. If you ignore the problem of sin, then you ignore the salvation that comes after what Jesus did for us. So we have to acknowledge that sin is a sickness that needs to be healed by the great physician for day one for us. And so when you get into the original sin and coming into this world is sinful, then you have what's called sinful acts, actual sins. And the Bible gives you list and list and list of sins and things of what to do and what not to do. We have the Ten Commandments, but we also are given the Sermon on the Mount that expands upon the actions of the Ten Commandments. And what Jesus does, it says, yeah, don't murder but also don't hate people in your heart as well. You see, it's easy for a lot of us to not murder somebody, okay? We get that. But it's going to be a lot harder for us to not hate somebody in your heart. And so you have what is actual sins. And they can be inward and they can be outward. They can be sins of omission and sins of commission. But what these sins basically do is what you see here in the garden. It brings you fear and separation from God. They're actions and things that put a barrier between our, you and the Creator. And there's supposed to be no barrier there because we were made to be in relationship with God and with creation. But what these things do, it drives a wedge between the one that created us whether it's a sin of commission or omission, these actual sins. But you go even bigger than that, than these sins that are actual sins, because, like I said, we can read the commandments, we can read the Sermon on the Mount, but there are societal sins as well that we can be a part of. If you think back in history to the institution of slavery, which was a sinful institution that society ordained and participated in, institutionalized it, wrote it in the laws. But that is an example of societal sin that we all have to be aware of. Every generation faces that. And so we are called to take a look at this, to understand that we come into this world sinful and we commit sinful acts as an individual and as a society. And that is a tough thing to wrap with. It's a tough thing to look in the mirror and know that's me over there and I have a sinful nature. It's tough. But we have to, as a Christian, as our faith, understand that is a part of us. Because if you ignore it, then you ignore the rest of what God is doing for us in our lives. And so you go back to what Paul is saying. For since death came through a human, 
the resurrection of the dead also comes through a human. That is Jesus. So all will be made alive in Christ. You see, Jesus came to do what Adam and Eve could not. Jesus came to be the perfect example of what it means to follow God. Jesus faced temptations, as we all do, but he did not succumb to temptations. He fought back with the word of God. He was without sin, which made him the perfect sacrifice for our sinful nature. And so for us to acknowledge our sin, then we are allowed and our eyes are open to accept the gift of what Jesus did for us, knowing that we needed to be healed by the great physician. So we don't need to ignore sin. We don't need to brush it under the rug, turn around and not talk about it. We need to understand that it's there. But then we also need to understand that God had a plan to redeem us. He had a plan from the fall to redeem us through Jesus Christ. And that is the good news. And it says here, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of all those who have died. I love that, the first fruits of all those who have died. And that's just what that means. When you look at the Greek, the first fruits means he paid the admission. He paid the admission for us, for being the first one. And the first fruits has a connection to the resurrection of Jesus. There was a festival that they would do on the day after the Sabbath of the Passover. And it's called the Feast of the First Fruits. And what would happen is it was observed on that day. And the offering at the Feast of the First Fruits was a bloodless grain offering. Going back to what Leviticus 2 told us to do. No atoning sacrifice was necessary because the Passover lamb has just been sacrificed. And you see what God did here? Jesus was the Passover lamb for us, sacrificed for us on Good Friday. And on the day of his resurrection, which is Sunday, which is the day after the Jewish Sabbath, he rose as the grain offering for us on the feast and festival of the first fruits. I just find that really cool on how God had a plan for all of this. And his plan was to save us from, our, from ourselves. He didn't just cast us out in the garden and allowed us to stay on our own with no path of redemption. He did not do that, and he could have. But because of Jesus Christ, because of what he did on the cross for us, we now have the ability to become whole and complete again. And you see, to fully appreciate and accept that gift, you first have to understand what sin is and how that impacts you. And so when we look at our faith, when we look at sin, how does that change your understanding of your faith? How does that impact what you view in your relationship to God with your faith? I think it would probably deepen it. It would give you a greater under appreciation of what God does for us. That truly, we can't save ourselves. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. 
If we could have done it, he never needed to go to the cross. But we need Jesus. And as a church, I know we look at this individually, but as a church, I challenge us, what does that do for us? The understanding of sin in our faith and how that plays into Jesus. What do we do with that? What do we do with that? I think we're called to go to the world, go to our communities, and tell them, hey, look, from one broken person to another broken person, I know we struggle. I know there's hurt. I know there may be a way that you know how to get out of whatever mess you're in. But guess what? God's got a plan for you. God sent Jesus Christ for you. Don't give up. Accept this wonderful gift of life away from spiritual death. I think as a church, that is our job to go and share that message. Because no other organization is going to do that. No other earthly institution is going to go out there and say, look, the creator of this world loves you so much that they sent their son to die for you. And we know this because we're broken too. That is our job. That is our job to go out and live it, to share it, to witness and serve those in our community. It's our job to come to church and praise God for this gift. Because if not turning the blind eye, you'll miss out on all of that. You'll miss out on all the good stories and the good news of this book here that we believe in. And so, yeah, it, it hurts to look at it. As humans, we don't want to look at our flaws. We want to shy away from them. We want to shy away from our failures. I didn't like that I was a horrible server. I really wish I didn't steal food and get things wrong, but I did. And I learned that about myself. And I think we are called, if we're going to say we're Christian, we also have to understand that we're sinful. But yet, that's not the end of the story. That the story continues, and it continues through what Jesus Christ did for us. So as we live out our lives, pinpoint those areas in your life that need improving. Pinpoint those areas where sin is taking hold of you. And hand that over to God. Say, you know what, Lord, I can't save myself. I give this to you. Because he wants it. He wants to save each and every one of us. He does not forsake us. So whatever you are battling, give it to the Lord. And as a church, may we go out and all that we do in our ministries and how we serve, share that good news. Share that good news. So this is what we believe. Let us pray.